0: Welcome, everyone, today to the Parenting is Heartwork podcast. Elena and I are here today to help you understand how we apply a heart-based approach to parenting in various ways. Each time we try to take a topic that has to do with a child's heart and address those, today we're going to deal with a special issue that's going to help children deal with culture and their hearts at the same time. Elena, I'm glad to be with you again today.
1: Hi, Dr. Scott. Greetings from the Netherlands. Uh, It's really good to be together again and um, again talk about a topic which is, I think, very important to parents and to children alike. And today we want to focus on the topic of how do we talk about our children, about sexuality, about gender. Um, there's a lot going on in our media, in a culture uh, to nowadays. And so what I want to do today, Dr. Scott, is draw as much wisdom from you as we can on what are the best ways in which we can talk to our children. When do we start? How do we start? How can we discuss with them? Um, I personally speak with many of my friends who have young children and some of them are really um, struggling on what would be the best way and how would be the best way to progress. And I know churches are also working to support parents, but um, yes, in a time when many churches are closed and parents are on their own, we would really love to um, to share with you as well about uh, about some you know some interesting and, and valuable um, ideas on how to how to do this.
0: This is a very very important topic. It cuts to the very heart of who we are as Christians and how we handle ourselves. In part, it's a problem because uh, although we are don't we're not judgmental. We don't go around judging people. We are perceived to be judgmental because we hold convictions. And so Christians are attacked often if they don't embrace a, um, a, a gay lifestyle of some kind. And uh, so it's very important for us to know how to handle this ourselves and then to apply this to our children as well. So the first thing I would suggest that parents do is they must ground themselves in Scripture, not in culture. If we're just trying to embrace the culture or or try to uh, just love everybody then we, and we water down the truth and we in ourselves are in danger of compromising biblical convictions, if we're going to take the scriptures as our authority for life, then we're going to understand that the Bible takes a pretty clear stand against uh, homosexuality, but not just Um, gay kind of issues. The Bible takes a strong stand against any kind of sexual perversion. That means two people living together without being married Mm -hmm. or uh, two people having sex before they're married. God designed sex to be a uh, interrelational tool between a man and a woman who are married. We see that throughout the scriptures. It is a conviction that we have. And as a parent, you've got to be able to answer the questions yourself first about the truth. Once we know the truth, then we can go into this understanding of how we relate to a culture that abuses us because we have different convictions than they might have. And so um, let's start by asking the question, how do we help our children understand the truth? And so I think from a very young age, we need to be teaching our children that God has designed sex, and I think we can talk about this at different age groups. So obviously with preschoolers, we're talking about it differently than we are with elementary age children and and with teenagers. And so with preschoolers, we're just alluding to the idea that God designed it that a man and a woman get married, and when they get married, then they can have children and so on. So we're talking about man and woman in those gender-specific terms. God created men, and he created women, and their biological... Uh, creation is what we view to be gender. We don't separate gender from sexual preference. They, uh, gender and sex are the same when we're speaking about biological gender. We don't, we don't believe that someone, if they feel like they're a woman, uh, therefore they are a woman. That doesn't make any sense biblically. Um, And so we reject that notion. And so we're talking to children freely. You are a boy or you are a girl. God has made you that way. And that's why you have those body parts and so on. So that's we got to come to that conclusion first. And we do a lot of talking about that. It just creates a culture in the home of biological correctness and and trying to address this issue of whether I feel to whether I feel like I'm a girl, feel like I'm a boy. That's not the question. The question is, how did God design you? That's Mm. where we have to start.
1: Yeah, I think that's very strong. And from the beginning, when you start with a Bible story, you start with the creation. I I think now more than ever, it's so important to go back to the first Bi- book of the Bible, to the gen- Genesis, and to just continuously explore that with our children in every single way that it's possible. Because that's you know the fundamental, the fundamental beginning and how we were created. And it looks to me, Doctor Scott, that more and more, um, especially also in Europe, a lot. Uh, much more than it used to be. Um, uh, teachings are coming into schools, especially at a very young age. Um, I'm not going to go into specifics what happens, for example, in the Netherlands, but I I can see that there are songs developed, there are, you know, for children, there are stories, there are movies. It's really becoming very, very early on, even for children who are four years old or five years old. Um, it's becoming a topic that teachers can discuss about. how do we start as parents, you know, if the child is older, but I want to, uh, if the child is older, it's probably it's different, but I want to start with the beginning. How do you, how would you start for different age groups to talk with children about this?
0: Well, let's start with the young children, because it is true that the preschool, in the preschool ages, books are being revealed to them. Uh, stories are being told to them that try to accept a more kind of inclusive, approach to sexuality, that anything's fine as long as two people love each other and so on. And um, that is very dangerous. And so it's very important that we're doing, we're being proactive. We can't be behind the curve here. As mm-hmm. parents, we have to be proactive in talking about how God is our authority. God has designed marriage. Not everyone um, obeys God. And so we tell Bible stories to children about mm-hmm. this so that they understand that when we're Christians, we take a stand for what is right. In the culture, when things are not right, we still take a stand. And we tell children Bible stories about this. When, we, when it became illegal to pray in the uh, in palace in Babylon, mm. Daniel still prayed.
1: Mm.
0: And the reason we're telling that Bible story to a child is so they can know that there will be a time someday when the, ch- the culture will challenge you and you have mm. to decide, are you going to obey God or are you going to obey man? That's just one story. Look at the three uh, young men in that same book of the Bible, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that refused to bow down to the image. And when they refused to bow down the image, although that was culturally acceptable and demanded by the culture, they were persecuted by it. And we will be persecuted because of the decisions we make. I I think that the whole approach that we have with our children is that you are going to, um, you are going to need to work with uh, your children, to help them develop a mindset that they are Christians and therefore the culture in our society is going to attack them. That is not a popular message. And I don't think children are being prepared by their parents enough Mm. to know that that's going to be the case. What are you going to do when the culture tells you you need to bow down to something? Because when the culture says during gay pride week at school, that the junior hires or the middle schoolers what they need to do is put tape over their mouths as a demonstration of their unity with those who are have a gay agenda what are they going to do in that moment yeah are they going to bow to the culture or are they not going to bow to the culture we are called to take a stand that is so hard yeah. and you parents need to be brainstorming about that now we need to talk about that now that we're taking a stand for righteousness with our children. Now, in preschool years, we're kind of developing some ideas about God's word, how powerful it is, just how we hold God's word. And we say, I'm about to open the Bible. Are you ready? I don't mm-hmm. know what God's going to say, but he's going to say something important. So we're, we're showing value for the scriptures. In the elementary age years, we're, especially the early elementary age years, we're talking a lot about Bible stories. Our, our children today, for the most part, are biblically illiterate, and they need to know Key theological concepts. They need to know 200 Bible stories. They need to know what those Bible stories mean. And in many cases, it is uh, people who are going against the culture to serve the Lord. That's what we do. We start talking about that, and uh, we're saying to kids, "Are you ready for that? Are you willing to take on the the challenges that come with that?" Now, when they get to be older, elementary—that is, 10 to 12 years of age—that's a very important time because now hormones are tending to become more of a place in the lives of children, uh, sexuality is becoming talked about more freely in their lives. And there is an opportunity then for them to get sucked into the drama that, Mm -hmm. wow, this isn't that big of a deal. So many people are um, involved in this. Everybody seems to be attracted to uh, this um, inclusive idea. And that's when we really need to help them see that you make a choice in life. Are you going to follow Jesus? Because there's a broad road and there's a narrow road. We're on the narrow road because it leads to life. The broad road leads to destruction. You can't stay on the broad road and make it. Um, And so uh, we're trying to help them learn at 10 to 12. Are you going to be a Christian? It's one thing to say you're a Christian at six, but between 10 and 12 years old, are you going to commit yourself to Christ? Because here's what it means. You got to know it's Mm. not going to be easy. People are going to laugh at you as they did with Noah in the story when he was building an ark, Mm. they ridiculed him. But did he do what was right? Yes, he did not give into the culture. Mm -hmm. He did the right thing. So continually, we're telling children Bible stories. and We're bringing their faith into the practice Mm -hmm. so they know how to handle truth. Handling truth is important. And now I want to, as soon as you're ready, we'll get into this. How do we handle other people who disagree with us?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I I think I want to encourage parents very strongly, if they haven't started yet, buy a Bible. A children's Bible and start reading Bible stories to your child. Start reading their, even with your own Bible, if you don't have a Bible for children. But like you say, Dr. Scott, it's so fundamentally important that they know these Bible stories as young as possible, because later you can build on that and you can help them understand all these principles. So yeah, indeed, Dr. Scott, how do we deal with people who are opposing and who are, you know, going to give us a very hard time?
0: That's a very important question now, because this is where the wisdom comes in. okay? Because I don't think we go around um, bashing people who disagree with us. As Christians, we don't do that. The primary issue is not sexuality. The primary issue is salvation. Mm. A person accepts Jesus Christ in their life. When they choose to make the Bible their authority, other things fall into line in their lives. So we're not on a crusade uh, so to speak, as with our families to try to right the wrongs of the world when it comes to um, uh, sexual morality. What we want to do is we want to be able to say that I know that there are uh, some people have those opinions. I don't share the same opinions, and but that doesn't mean I, I can't love you. I can't care for you. I can even be a friend with someone who disagrees with me in this area or has different values as long as my those aren't all my friendships I can still be friends with someone like that but I can't embrace what you do Mm. Uh, I don't and and so people will feel that to be judgmental and we're saying I'm not trying to judge you okay every you're wanting me to accept your convictions and lifestyle and and even uh, causing me forcing me to do so to be accepted by you I'm not doing that with you I'm not forcing you to embrace my lifestyle. I'm just telling you for me and Mm. for my understanding of God's word, that kind of activity is wrong. So that's how I live. I'm not going to treat you in an unkind way. I'm going to still love you. I'm going to still care for you. I want to be your friend. Let's interact together. But I can't endorse what you're doing. So um, that line is a very careful one as our children find themselves in the public arena. And so we pray. We, We pray regularly for some children who are going to be insightful enough to maneuver in that um, area to be able to take a stand in a gracious way and not be intimidated by the culture. That's what we pray for. And that's what we need to train our children. Another re- response that, is, um, that we do sometimes is we're silent. We just don't say anything. And, and I think that being silent can be an acceptable way to uh, be a part of the culture and do what we're doing. Um, because the main issue isn't sexual immorality. Mm. The main issue is salvation. So we're not gonna be talking a lot about that issue. That's, that's not uh, what we're about. So I'm not gonna get sucked into that dialogue or that conversation. So we can be silent about it. But the problem is when, when this person comes to you and say, will you wear a certain red armband that says that you're in support of this, then you have to make a decision because now mm. they're forcing you to embrace their ideas and that's where I think we tell our children, I'm sorry, we can't do that. So there are some parents who take their kids out of school during Gay Pride Week. And during, mm-hmm. because during that week, it's just too much pressure for their child to handle. I do think we want to encourage our children to be strong, but I don't think we want our children to feel like they have to cower and, uh, and can't approach the culture. Uh, it is a very difficult thing. And, and this goes all the way through. When we send our kids to college, yeah. if we don't send our kids to college armed, with the ability to deal with a the culture, then, uh, we are in significant, uh, damage. We're doing significant damage to our children. I believe, I, I think they must know how to respond to the, uh, culture or when they get to be in that kind of situation, they'll either give up their faith, um, or they will, uh, make significant mistakes that will unnecessarily yeah. alienate themselves. No. I'm going to recommend a book that I recommend. In fact, I give this book to every 17-year-old, every person who's graduating from high school. I give them this book, and I give it to their families. I just gave two away this last week in in our church because these kids are now going into um, getting ready to go to college, and so they need this. They should be talking about it in family earlier than this, but this is a valuable book. It's called A Practical Guide to Culture, Helping the Next Generation Navigate Today's World by John Stone, Street, and Brett Kundal. That book sits in my office. I order them by in in a bulk and I want to give them away because they're not just dealing with the sexual issues in our culture. They're dealing with culture in general. Our children must know how to deal with culture or they're going to get sucked into it and we must prepare them for it. So this isn't a matter anymore of just everybody do their own thing. We are being attacked as Christians. Children need to know how to respond if they're going to preserve their faith.
1: I fully agree. I think it's uh, so important to equip not only our children, but ourselves to have these conversations with other parents, but so much more importantly for children who are leaving our nest and they're going into the world and having to deal with this on their own. I just recently listened to another podcast um, of um, another uh, a pastor who was talking about how ill-equipped our children are when to to have conversation and to stand up for their faith, especially when they are meeting very smart, very educated nice people in the world because the world is not made of mean uh um horrible people um you know you can meet with friends and you can that are not christian and they can be very nice and very gentle and yet um force you into conversations and ask you questions which could be which can be very very challenging and so i think it's so important to work on that how do you um how do you help uh parents uh Get more equipped into this. What what should we as parents do besides you know reading the Bible, staying close to our church? But what would be other er- ways in which we could you know we can get stronger um, in our own convictions, but also in in learning how to deal with our children, how to help our children. I mean,
0: well, first of all, I, I, you've <clears throat> got to realize that many parents don't know where they stand on this issue. Um, they don't know how to handle the question about uh, when someone wants to marry someone else of the same gender. They, they just personally, they don't even theologically understand it. So I just think uh, the first thing we have to do as adults is we have to look at God's word and say, what does the Bible say? Mm-hmm. Not what makes me feel comfortable, but what does the Bible say? And I think one of the things we're going to find is that God has a plan for sex and other things outside of that are sexual immorality, whether it's uh, same gender immorality, or it's heterosexual gem, uh, immorality. It's all fits into the same boat of, of sin that not only is bad. We don't do it. It's damaging to a family. It's damaging to a person's uh, soul because it it's not following God's prescriptive uh, plan for marriage and and family. So we need to know it first, then. I think we have to teach our children the Bible. In the end, it's these story, Bible stories that talk about heroes that teach our children not just, oh, wasn't that a great story? But we're we're helping our children see you will be called on to be a hero. It's not optional anymore. Will you take a stand and serve the Lord when you see all of the enemies uh, harassing the Jewish people, Mm. like David did, will you go up there and and will you say, hey, I can take on this Goliath? Mm. Those are the kind of heroes we need in our world today. And And so our parents must contain as part of their training, the reality that we live in a hostile world. And they have to prepare their children. Because if you're just telling your children about stranger danger, and you're telling your children, basically the world's a safe place to be, then you're missing a key ingredient because our world is attacking us. And we'll attack you if you take a stand for what's doing this right. So we have to prepare our children. All of that's significant. I think it's meaningful conversations. We don't want to be afraid of these conversations. I think talking to a young person, a young teenager, who now finds out that his friend is gay and he comes home, he says, mom, why? Because it hits home, see, for him. Now he's got to make a a personal decision about his friend. And, And so wrestling with the values that are so important. So that um, our children can um, actually not just accept what their parents are saying, but it becomes some conviction that they have before God. And the real issue you have to understand is, is the Bible your authority in life? That's going to be your foundational question here. Is the Bible your authority for right and wrong and morality? If it is, then it's going to become pretty clear what the answers are. Then we have to know how to respond wisely.
1: Yeah. And can I just encourage parents, if you are struggling with these questions, with help, with with uh, any kind of um, insecurities about about this topic, please feel free to reach out to us, to myself, to Dr. Scott, and we would be more than happy to support you to help you to um, give you the right tools uh, and, and the right, the right um, help you build the right skills to talk to your children about this. So um, please, please uh, get in touch with us. It's such an important topic for us and for our families that we cannot afford. Like Dr. Scott said, to stay silent and to to hide ourselves under the curtain. So, thank you so much, Dr. Scott, for sharing th- this wisdom with us. Um, we won't be we will be talking more about this topic in the future. But I just wanted to you know, start, to get us started, and get us um, get us um, into a position where we can uh, we can share more with the parents about this. Do you I have any it. any words of wisdom? Any final words?
0: Yeah, let me just say, Elena, I appreciate all the things you're saying. And I would just encourage people to go to our podcast and like it and share it. I think that the things we're sharing are not um, are not just academic, they're practical. Mm. And people like practical, especially when it's tied into God's word. And there's a lot of questions that people have in these areas. So uh, I think it would be really helpful to pass these messages on. And it plants you as a, a person, as you make that statement, as you share it with others, it just communicates the kind of person you are, that you're committed to um, being this person who's called out one, a person who's part of God's church and uh, willing to take a stand for what's right. So yes, visit our websites, biblicalparenting.org and elanishvetslott.com. And uh, we'd be happy to talk to you more